episode of Willits Pod is brought to you by alabamatrucknuts.com. It's very difficult to come up with a tagline for alabamatrucknuts.com because it's alabamatrucknuts.com, which is already quite intriguing. So we'll just say alabamatrucknuts.com again. That's alabamatrucknuts.com, baby. That is the sound of a delicious Arizona Kiwi strawberry, 99 cents, 22 ounces. Got to keep those multiples of 11 going, unless it's a can of 20. Nope, it's 22 ounces. Uh, 22 ounce Arizona Kiwi strawberry gets us started off here on Willits Pod. I am Jesse from the internet, and I would like to start today by reading a tweet, getting the reactions of my wonderful co hosts. That sound you hear is Brit from the internet. I think my screen was my, my screen was uh, was changed to the tweet. So was that you, Brit? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Okay. Learn, learning the voices as we go uh, along. The, the laughs of my co-host, the <laughs> dreading laughs, because here is this tweet: <clears throat> the pitch clock is the result of a generation on ADD slash ADHD medication that they did not need. When they just needed some discipline. There is also a gambling factor. My lawyer tells me to say that this is my opinion. End of tweet. Okay, can we guess who it is? Please do. Britt, you, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll take Keith Olbermann for $200. Oh, that was my guess. Crystal from the internet was also going to get in with Keith Olbermann, but that would be incorrect. Damn. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the worst people I know on the internet. And I know a lot of terrible people. So, uh, all right. Oh, oh, who else is just like, just delivering incredibly, just terrible, just like. Does Pete Rose thing? have a Twitter? He might, but it's not him. <laughs> okay. This is not a professional. Uh, this is, this is specifically a bad tweeter. Uh, we go with that. That does not narrow down. (laughs) See, uh, I'll I'll go with a Gary Sheffield Jr. Oh, good, good guess, good pick. Uh, This this was Ryan M. Spader, the ace of Spader. (laughs) Okay, uh, friend to Kurt Schilling, Uh notorious Uh weirdo. And I, what the reason that I started this was uh, the start of the show with this was I needed to consult. You guys, uh, Crystal, Britt, Janice, to know, my lawyer tells me to say that this is my opinion. Do I want to know everything or do I want to know nothing? About why he has a lawyer that's consulting him on his tweets? <laughs> yes. I think just let him cook. See what he comes up with next. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will also say that the, the odds of him actually having a lawyer feel remarkably small uh i mean i'm i'm sure that he's probably required some services of a legal nature at some point that dude um Uh, yeah that okay that's true that's true i'm just kind of imagining members of the adhd mafia just like waiting outside (laughs) his apartment with like a giant baseball bat like i I think maybe maybe that's it yeah but then being like wait what are we doing here (laughs) right (laughs) As a member of that mafia, I am a yeah. Also, I got my ADD meds in my 30s. 
and I was perfectly fine as a child. Oh, so you're part of why the CDC is having a fit then? So, no, that's... this was this was pre COVID nineteen pandemic. This is pre oh. this is pre TikTok diagnosing <laughs> every white woman in her thirties with ADD. Honestly, it's just. I will say, I find, I mean, on the merits of it, and I cannot believe that I've now taken this into the on the merits of it with a <laughs> oh, tweet no. from this dude, uh, but it's worth talking about for the for the pitch clock and an ADHD perspective. Um, again, I, I think the the pitch clock is not helpful for that. If I'm going to the ballpark, I want to watch a pitch. Uh, look at my phone for 15 seconds, look <laughs> right. up, see if they're going to throw another pitch. Um, right. They're going to try to keep me focused on baseball. What the fuck? No, <laughs> nobody wants this. I, I it's funny. A lot- go I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I say, it's I'm funny. honestly a lot more. Um, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, really. You, you go ahead. It is. It is funny. It is funny. And yes, I am concerned. I'm honestly more concerned about being at the ballpark in person, just mainly because I'm the type of person uh, who just needs to just be sipping on something all the time, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic. Um, I, I, I just need to be doing something at all the time, which I guess is a symptom of ADHD. Uh, so I will, once I finish my beverage, I'll like walk up to the concourse, get another one. And I miss like a, an inning or two just because I waited in line for a, for a Slurpee or it's, but when I'm home though, when I'm home though, I actually think it's great just mainly because I'm just staring at the screen the entire time because pitches are being thrown and I want to know what pitches they are. I want to know how fast they are. I want to know what kind of pitches they are. I want to know if they're good pitches. I want to know if they're bad pitches. So I think the in-person experience is going to be a lot different and I am going to my first in-person game tomorrow. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, it, that I can get an accurate read on how I actually feel about the pitch clock tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be at my first game in person on Thursday. Uh, Crystal, you have already been to an in-person game um, that one team played well in. Uh, One team showed up for that game. Uh, The team I was not necessarily rooting for. (laughs) No disrespect to the Brewers. I will root for the Brewers when they're not playing teams I like. But when they are playing the lifeless New York Mets – um, seeing like seven runs in an inning is not super fun. Turns out, um, I went with you know our our Willits Pen um, other person, Colleen. <laughs> How to describe her? Comrade. And, uh, comrade. Yes, comrade Colleen. Um, we had a <laughs> miserable experience. Um, everything was bad. Nothing was good. Only butts were good. Um, thinking about you, Mark, like that was nice. <laughs> like eight bubble butt, and he was yeah. like, "I mean, we're watching him warm up, and he's like doing all these like super high leg kicks and these like weird squat things." And I was like, "That's why you've got that bubble butt. Good job. Like keep keep that part up at least." So I mean, worth the cost of admission there at least. Yeah, I mean that definitely was. <laughs> um, it was wonderful. But yeah, they were very ungood. Uh, poor Cookie just 
he was just bad. Colleen called him half raw cookie. (laughs) (laughs) It was was unpleasant. And we followed the Papa Sullivan rule of if your if your team is down by ten in the inning, you are allowed to leave without feeling bad. So Colleen, that's fair. Yeah, she looked at me, I think it was the fifth inning, and she told me about said rule. (laughs) And I said, let's try to stay for the stretch. Like, maybe something will happen. Nothing happened. It got worse. And we left in the seventh inning, and I got home at least an hour and a half ahead of schedule. Wow. Because that game was so bad. Pitch clock plus uh, 10-run rule. Uh also, yeah. like, this kid that just started Drive that through baseball. his opening debut and he hit a grand slam. And I was like, that's incredibly disrespectful to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've been recording this tonight, uh, the Mets have been getting their ass kicked in Milwaukee again. Um, hmm. And I was surprised when I did the uh, the research this morning for the Week and Potted Out show notes that the Mets have won two games in Milwaukee ever in April. Like ever, 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 ever. Three of the franchise. Both in wow. eight. Now, they've only been okay. to Milwaukee in April this year. Uh, not going well so far. 2001 got swept. Uh, 98, they took two out of three at County Stadium. And uh, 1963, they got swept by uh, Hank Aaron's boys uh, when they were playing at County Stadium. Henry Aaron hit one home run wow. in that series, and the Mets lost the finale to complete the four-game sweep on a walk-off home run by Lee May when they were ahead. A home run given up by Tracy Stallard, best known for two years earlier, uh, having given up Roger Maris's 61st. So that was a dude who knew how to give up historic uh, home runs and started Look, the Mets along there. He had a bit. I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do it, but got to commit, right? Yeah. I am hoping that August is better at PNC for the Mets than (laughs) the Milwaukee trip that I, um, if it wasn't for the friends, would completely regret. Well, I will say, if nothing else, PNC is a delight. Oh, yeah. I like, I I enjoy Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah, that is, um, I've been there Lucky to have been there for the playoff game. Uh, the the first one in all those years when they played the Reds and the whole place was screaming Johnny Cueto's name. Yeah. Just the playoff game, you know, the one, the only one. So, it was it was one out of like, I think it's they had like five or six over those couple of years. Yeah, uh, not many. It's just, it was unfortunate. Yeah, those were, those were fun teams though. Um, they were fun teams and just shame on them as an institution for just pissing all of that away and then going on to watch uh, what would be an incredible starting rotation <laughs> go and be remarkably successful everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, you could. Uh, <laughs> I mean, think about it. They could have Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole Tyler Glass now. Jameson Tyon, Charlie Martin, Chad Cool, who's not like amazing, but is a, a perfectly uh, serviceable back of the rotation kind of guy behind Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now and 
James and Tyrod. I mean, like, this is just ridiculous. When I was in Pittsburgh last year, a bunch of Pirates fans started getting chippy with me uh, because the, the White Sox were in Pittsburgh for a very short uh, two-game series. Or that, that was actually 2021, not 2022. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just basically reminded them of all of the former Pirates uh, that are now thriving elsewhere, and uh, that shut people up real quick. Just brutal. And you can run that back, too, just forever and ever and ever on pirates who have just uh everyone's got an ex-pirate who's done something for him <laughs> i mean the the fact that in the span of i'll, I'll say a generation back then in the span of a generation they let barry bonds and garrett cole walk it's just a, a shocking indictment as an organization <laughs> yeah it's uh Speaking of Barry Bonds, uh, and this goes back to Tracy Stallard, uh, do you have a particular pitcher in your life who you associate with giving, like mostly associate that pitcher with giving up a huge home run? And and Bonds reminds me um, that it was that uh, Rick Vandenherk uh, is absolutely <laughs> yes. a dude who I totally associate with giving up a massive home run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, and this is terrible because this is not about him, like, overall as a pitcher. This is just about, like, the defining moment of my memory. But Michael Waka. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Which I feel te- I feel terrible about because it was just, like, it was total managerial malfeasance. Like, he should not have been put in that position in the first place. But it is absolutely the first thing that I think of anytime I see him now. Now it's been 10 years, but I don't think of a pitcher in that moment. Oddly. Um, He's, he's, he's that home run was hit off of like a pitching machine. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. I don't expect anyone else (laughs) to really like associate that with him in their mind. It's just, for me personally. It's Travis Ishikawa! Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, how are we defining a big home run? Is it just basically something that that, that is just absolutely memorable, memorably bad, perhaps? I don't or know. I, I'm thinking, like, the thing that came to mind for me was, like, pitcher who, like, the first thing you think of with that pitcher is, oh, yeah, that's the guy who gave up X home run. I think for me, just having watched a lot of his games, um, and I, I really hate to mention this player because I like him a lot, uh, Lucas Giolito and how he just tends to get hit very hard by Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Uh, and I actually asked him uh, during a Twitch stream once, was like, uh, who is your least favorite pitcher or least favorite hitter to pitch to? That's not Mike Trout because every, every pitcher's answer is Mike Trout when they're asked that question. Um, right. That's a cop out answer at a certain point. Precisely. Precisely. Um, so I, I got ahead of the question and he answered Nelson Cruz. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can probably count on my, on both of my hands, all of the homers that he's given up to Nelson Cruz. Uh, so that, that, that is what comes to mind. Uh, just Nelson Cruz just rock, rocks poor Lucas Giolito. Yeah. I think of Mark Pryor and it's not his fault. It's obviously Steve Bartman's fault. 
But when I just think about completely like choking, it, it's poor Mark Pryor during that that game. With, yeah, that was brutal. They recently like uh, welcomed Steve Bartman back, but he was like, uh, "No, fuck you guys! Like you're dead." I, I saw that he that was like, "Actually, one, yeah. I'm gonna pass," which can't blame him. I probably would have said the same thing. The other the other person who comes to mind. Uh, probably unfairly to an extent, and this is not like a backbreaking home run kind of thing. It's just like, oh wow, again is uh, Phil Hughes. <laughs> hey, which one? Oh, the um, when he was with the Twins. No, when he was with the Yankees. I feel like he gave up more more O two home runs oh. than anyone oh, I've yeah. ever he watched. Could not, in he could not finish. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous, uh, ridiculous. Which is, I think, why it like stands out in my memory. It probably was not actually like quantitatively a particularly unusual number of them. They were just always <laughs> like in these situations where you're like, really, that really <laughs> is is Lucas Giolito uh, a vegan or a vegetarian or anything like that? I don't think so. Not that I no. know of. Okay. I think it's still um, cease it's the vegan. Dylan's okay. Piece. Yeah. Okay. Because I've looked up Giolito's stats here, and it does seem that he has uh, a problem with some some of the big beefy boys of the league. <laughs> um, Nelson is. Cruz has has hit four home runs off of him in twenty eight at bats, tied with Salvador Perez for the most home runs against Giolito. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Salvi is th- also another one too. Yeah. Large Three son on large for- son violence. Yeah. <laughs> Three each for Max Kepler and Alejandro Kirk. Um, Max Kepler. Then, that's a little bit of a weird one. Although I guess to a certain extent, that's kind of frequency, if nothing else, because it's like division. Right. Yeah. Kepler's faced him 40 times. He's got three home runs. Alejandro Kirk, uh, four for nine with three home runs. Jesus. <laughs> well, happy that he is not in the same division as, yeah. as Lucas. Yikes. We, we love that. We love that. Yeah. And and then other players, uh, other other large fellas that uh, uh, Lucas Giolito has given up multiple home runs to include Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Sano, Jorge Soler, Shohei Otani, Nick Castellanos. Uh, these are all uh, perfectly fine. Wilson Contreras, Trey Mancini, and uh, also Jose Altuve disproving the rule. Uh, he also uh, can give up uh, the occasional home run to a little man. <laughs> I feel like I should have should just stayed. For the record right now that I really, I adore Lucas Giolito. So like, I feel like I need to apologize. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I honestly probably feel just like the most guilty for bringing this up in the first place. My, my alternative answer. Okay, well, he's right. also, I mean, those, those home run <laughs> numbers. Um, Miguel Sano is seven for 32 with 11 strikeouts against Giolito. Jorge Soler is five for 23 with 11 strikeouts. So they've hit a couple of home runs, but. Giolito has, has had uh, had those guys uh, pretty good, but Nelson Cruz uh, eleven seventy nine OPS uh, in those twenty eight plate appearances. You know, no I guess if you're if you're going to get maybe consider that by somebody, Nelson Cruz, sure, fine. It's not like you know, I don't know somebody's and sixth outfielder or something that you're like this guy really. Those are always fun though. When it's like some some random guy, like I remember growing up, Scott Fletcher was uh, he was on the White Sox for a spell in the eighties. Um, 
think White Sox, Rangers, all over the American League, eventually Central. Um, and he just bludgeoned the Yankees. He was like a light-hitting infielder. Um, but, like, he show up at Yankee Stadium, he'd go, like, three for four for three straight days. Made no sense. <laughs> for years. Like, didn't matter what team he was on. That was uh, yeah, part of learning about splits and how they're random and weird. Like, the best one of that era was Pat Tabler, career 500 hitter with the bases loaded. What? I have Remember very specific memories of um, at, at the peak of Clayton Ch- Kershaw's dominance when it felt like the Giants played the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium like every opening day for 100 years. It was like four years in a row or something, but it felt like 100 years. Um, and they were they were like one nothing losses for the Giants like nearly every time it felt like just like the stupidest. Like at one point, one year, Clayton Kershaw hit a home run in a either a tie game or a game that the Giants were winning by one winning one, nothing. And Clayton Kershaw had a home run. I was just like, you're, I'm tired. Of <laughs> um, but Brett Pill was inexplicably fantastic against Clayton Kershaw. And it was one of those things that um, perpetuated what we uh, not so lovingly called the belt wars. Um, uh, <laughs> people for whatever reason, thinking Brandon belt was not good at baseball. Um, Brett Pill being very good <laughs> against Clayton Kershaw specifically and Brandon Belt not doing great against Clayton Kershaw was uh, a significant factor in the uh, intractability of the Belt Wars. <laughs> well, I do have some exciting pitching news to share. Um, my, my, my guy Sandy has uh, his fourth career shutout tonight. 10th career complete game when it only took them an hour and 57 minutes. Jeez. That's that's not enough time. It's not enough time. That that was essentially a speed run right there. (laughs) Maybe I should be a Marlins fan. Well, are, are we are we attributing rough. that to has has Sandy always known to to be a pretty like fast working pitcher? Uh, I I don't know. Well, I wonder if this is attributed to the pitch clock or if that is just Sandy being Sandy. I I'm think curious. It could be both, to, honestly. Definitely. I, I yeah, honestly don't. I feel, like, I feel like the pitch clock really isn't taking more than. 15, maybe 20 minutes off of a game. Like it's, I mean, it speeds it up, but it's not by a super, super crazy amount. So like, I feel like even last year that would have been, yeah, that's a, that's a two fifteen, two thirty game, which is still uh, awfully speedy by those standards. I, I want to go back. I love this because this is the way that we hold on to things. Uh, May 8th, 2012, Brett Pill hit a two run homer off Clayton Kershaw. The Giants won that game two to one. Uh, Brett Pill in his career, other than that home run, one for 11 against Clayton Kershaw with no six way. strikeouts. No yep. way. Yep. That, okay, that's hysterical because I, I, I now I feel like I need to poll Giants Twitter before this comes out and ask them how many home runs they think that Brett Pill hit off Clayton Kershaw. Because <laughs> it definitely one other is one of hit. those. Oh, God, that's hysterical. He uh, 
It was 0 for 6 against him in 11, hit the home run in 12, and uh, 1 for 3 with a single in 2013. And oh, that geez. is the end of Brett Pill against Clayton Kershaw. That is extremely uh, but, funny. You know, every time that Brett Pill homers against Clayton Kershaw, the Giants go on to win the World Series. So, you know. Bring him back. Get, bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> I do, well, I do have a, a long-standing belief that uh, the Giants are only allowed to win the World Series now if they bring back some like former prospect or someone that uh, had left the organization and come back. That it's it is now uh, a key element of their postseason success because they've Who's now done out this. There? Well, my my personal preference, um, I still feel like they need to bring Adam Duvall back. I feel like he's he's the key. He's he's the missing element, and only partially because I just really like him. What if they bring back Darren Roth? <laughs> we've and well, like, look, it turns we, out that he can only the, hit it as a giant. It's like, it would I, look. I do like him a lot, um, and it would be extremely funny because it reminds me of. Um, Adam Warren, noted noted former starter and middle reliever for the Yankees, was over good. Over and over and over again. Over and over. Was good repeatedly for the Yankees and could not pitch to save his life anywhere else. Like, the Cubs basically gave him back, like, here, we don't want him anymore. And he, he got back to the Yankees. And in the span of, like, a day and a half, he was like, oh, no, I'm better now. Or she's like, what the hell? Yeah, he was like the eighth inning guy by the end of the week when they traded yeah. him back. <laughs> Delightful. Crystal, who won the sausage race? Oh, man. The Johnsonville hot dog guy won the sausage race yesterday. Tonight it was Italian. He's my favorite. Oh, oh, oh I, I almost uh, uh, reported that incorrectly. I thought the hot dog won today. The, the, there was so much just like great energy for the hot dog in our group chat earlier. Uh, we were just cheering for the hot dog. We were posting, I think you should leave gifts. We were just uh, absolutely all in for the hot dog. <laughs> the The hot dog should wear the, I think you should leave suit to be more clearly a hot dog. Like as it is that, that racing hot Agreed. dog just looks like a, a finger. We really said that yeah. in the group yeah. chat. And we'd also, we want to try to get Tim Robinson in that costume to do a race. That yes. was a big, that was a big point. Oh, that would so be incredible. has that kind of clout, uh, let us know so we can send it to the Brewers front office. Yes. Let's, uh, let's make this happen. I, I, I do, we do know have a Tim contact Robinson. in the Brewers front okay. office who should probably, uh, would not appreciate being mentioned. So I won't, uh, <laughs> have that. Um, <laughs> If you're out there, I didn't say anything. Um, no, it's what? just uh, an, an old friend who uh, went on to work for the Brewers and uh, certainly does not listen to this because he has better things to do. Um, <laughs> we all. Such as, no, apparently we don't. That's the whole point of this is that we don't have anything better to do. And that's why we <laughs> are doing this. Um and none of the Brewers uh, at that game yesterday, because I, I didn't watch most of it because it was during the afternoon. It was working, and uh, and also it was 10 nothing by the time I got out of a meeting. Um, none of the Brewers did any kind of, like, taunting or, or you can't see me or point at their ring finger or anything like that. 
that's just a women's basketball thing now. You know, if, if they had, it probably wouldn't have been reported on because they aren't black women. So, yeah. you know, hmm. that's the issue. It's because a black woman showed emotion. So, And I think the most interesting thing about that is how uh, essentially uh, Caitlin was okay with it. I mean, just like after the game, right. she was just like, she was just like, hey, like we were just playing. We were just having fun. Um, and all you you somehow found a way to ruin it. You, you you somehow found a way to completely just blow this out of proportion. Well, that's the funny thing, right? That like for the vast majority, I feel like of athletes or maybe mostly athletes, but presumably whoever who's going to talk shit like that, they know they're going to get it back. Like they, yeah, they, they might argue want it that. a lot of right. the time. Right. That's kind of the whole point is that they want to like rile people up and get that reaction. So no, I can't imagine that anybody who's going to that visibly talk smack to somebody is going to really be that offended if they get it back in like a very one for one equivalent kind of way. Like there was no like escalation. Yeah, it was. I'm doing your move in your face because I just beat your ass. Right. Right. I did not understand, like, I get the idea that, like, okay, maybe, you know, keep it to yourself, or, but that's, for one thing, that's not who she is. Um, Like, I get the idea, like, okay, don't rub it in somebody's face at the end of the championship game. That's, if you have a problem with that, but that's not the problem that people are expressing here. It's right. not be a more gracious winner you don't need to do this it was like the specificity of like getting in caitlin clark's face when right especially because like then caitlin clark goes on tv and and was like saying all of this yeah of course i don't have a problem with it i talk shit all the time too right that's how it works everybody was talking shit the whole tournament like right and yeah like Nobody talked more shit than like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. Yeah. Like, right. Famous. I was just saying this to Colin. And like yesterday. at each other. We were talking about that and I was like, does anybody not remember Reggie Miller choke grabbing his balls? Do you not, wow. remember, yes. do you not remember every single pitcher with their, you know, this is... grabbing their balls and showing right. off. Do we not remember these things? But I think at the end of the day, the lesson I learned from this is that we should ban all all of the old white men from Twitter. Thank, I mean, I, I think, think generally that's, that's good advice, but absolutely specifically yeah. in this situation as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Keith Olbermann. Um, that did result nicely, though, in uh, Shaq telling him. Shaq lining up Keith <laughs> Olbermann and Shaq. Dave Portnoy in the same day. Yeah, Shaq was just and slapping everybody. Just obliterating them. Yeah, Shaq had some free time and decided that was how he was going to spend it. <laughs> Honestly. Shaq is uh, the original tweeting athlete, and uh, sometimes he's got to remind us of that. Got to come out and, uh, and take care of business. Um, yeah, I mean, well, today was a big day for Keith Olbermann, though, because uh, Trump got arrested, <laughs> which confirms that uh, Olbermann finished the job. This is his – he got it done. 
Good job, Keith. We did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving him credit still. Okay. Uh, That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, Keith Olbermann is a- very much like, um, oh my God, 528. The hell is Nate Silver. Name? Thank you, Nate Silver. They're they're weirdly like the same person, and that it's like you can completely forget that they were a sports sports person originally. Like that was the that the only reason originally that any of us know who either of them are, and that it has somehow metastasized into this absolute just clusterfuck of bad takes because someone decided that they wanted to hear what they had to say about sports. Yeah. That's our Aussie Gian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He recently, you know, oh, said no. he was voting for the bad guy in the mayor race. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm supporting Paul Vallis. And we're like, oh, well, no one cares about your opinion anyway. So, I mean, we live in 2005. I would just like to say that this is the one instance when I, I can get behind the shut up and dribble uh, perspective in that I don't want to know any athletes. Uh, political opinions anymore ever about anything because they are so rarely good there's like three of them in the entirety of men's professional sports that don't make me want to never root for these people ever again so like just keep it to yourself those canadians that's canadians a whole separate question okay I'm just saying, like, of the three, he's one, and he ain't from here. Right. I think it's, right. it's, it's gotten to the point where if I notice a player mm-hmm. is even, like, slightly left-leaning or even just, you know, has some rather liberal intonations, I will latch on immediately. Oh. Uh, and I think – right. A great example of this, I think, is uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, I, I I don't know what his political beliefs are, but given like what his wife has posted about him on Instagram and the the, the things I've also seen him wear, I, I I just get I know slightly left vibes from him. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The rainbow suit at the birthday party, the free Britney shirt during the free Britney shirt. He wore the free, a free Britney, Britney shirt, shirt was spectacular. Yes. Yes, that was. Uh, and also, too, just the big fan that says daddy. I, I, I think just uh, you, you have to at least be moderate to do that, I would think. Right. It's like Again, when like, uh, <laughs> early in the pandemic. Early in the pandemic, they were, I guess, not early in the pandemic, but it was early when like vaccines were available. And Buster Posey was basically like, yeah, science is awesome and vaccines are amazing. And I'm going to go not play because I have tiny medically fragile, fragile babies at home. But I was like, yes, I was unsurprised. Yes. It's like, incredible. he's a reasonably, but it was one of those where it's like, thank you for confirming that I don't have to just make myself feel terrible about the depths of my fondness for you. Yeah. I mean, it was really exposed when, you know, they started traveling to Canada again and you're like, Oh, this person actually sucks. It broke my heart because Dylan Cease was on that list. Yeah. There were guys on that list that I was surprised by that. I was like, "Mm, I really thought you were less stupid than that. Through like the people Dylan follows on Twitter. It's, 
like I pretend I have no eyes because I'm like, I want to love you so much. And I think you're super hot and I can't get with this. You don't. And he's a good interview and stuff. Like he seems like a cool dude. As long as you just (laughs) ignore. He's more kind of that Aaron Rodgers tip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a continuum there. Like, I have not looked at Dylan Cease's Twitter follows, but I'm going to guess Jordan Peterson's high on that list. Oh, would surprise me. Yeah. Like that kind of like, oh, I'm a thinking man's man, man, masculine thing. Um, I think honestly for, for most of them, I don't think that they think all that much about politics. Well, it doesn't really affect them because they're right. White dudes that are making the status quo. The status quo. And when they do, they're not voting on the social issues. They are voting on who's going to do taxes that will be beneficial to them. Like, I think that is um, most of it. Then, obviously, you have your, uh, I'm not going to wear the rainbow thing because I'm scared of rainbows. Right. Um, That whole, like, that's a different, that's a different group and element but i think that like but i think statistically that's actually that far corner i think is actually like a fairly small group yeah i think most of them just like you said they they either have zero opinions about anything that's not baseball or really are just sort of concerned about who's going to keep my taxes the lowest and or they're make, just make my life easiest not open their mouths and just wear it yep yeah i think it's always been somewhere around four percent of major leaguers who probably actively crack a book and i'm That's basically I'm one out of 25 like one guy per team on average <laughs> go to potentially I, I'm keeping it at one. I was I was saying one because I'm thinking that there are some teams where um, it's just zero. There's yeah, just that's, a, that's, a possible. that's possible. I've been in rooms that clearly have zero people in them who. Uh, <laughs> right. Not a, but then, you know, I, I, to be fair, like the Rockies were playing chess in the clubhouse a few years ago and like really into it. And that's true. Um, Do you think it's because surprisingly high though? And like, they just have that natural, like super stoned intellect. (laughs) Either that, or it's just uh, elevation sickness on a low level all the time. I just assume that the Rockies are smarter than most baseball teams. Well, they must be because they play like a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and and I say that with my own baseball resume fully in the nerd column. Um, um, the Rockies are another one. They're, they're also a legal state, too, as uh, I take like literally 10 minutes to mention that after y- y- you all have talked about Denver. Um, so there's also that <laughs> as well. The, the, the elevation and the fact that you know, uh, weed has been legal there for literally ever. Um, yeah, so yeah, for a that. while. <laughs> they were, I, I believe, they were one of the first states to legalize. I think they, I think were. they were the first yeah. one to do recreational. Yeah, I think California had the medicinal first. Um, 
Which yeah, was so no, funny because it, like, it was rapidly like, okay, medicinal. It was it was not difficult <laughs> to get a card. It was the only difficult part was that there just weren't that many dispensaries yet because it wasn't um you know, was it a huge business model yet? But that changed pretty rapidly. So wonder what uh yeah, that's that's gonna be an interesting thing. Get a good whiff of Shea Stadium Shea Stadium at the uh Whatever, I don't have to say that bank's name. Get a good whiff of Shea Stadium on Thursday afternoon at the home opener. See how that's going to be uh, smelling. Uh, it smelled burnt something yesterday at the game. So Colleen was like, I just hope this all catches on fire because then it would be a true Mets game. <laughs> kind of agree. They didn't spontaneously combust yesterday. So that's uh, they've got that going for them. Um, I will say on the I, subject of uh, the Mets game smelling like a frat house, um, I just need people who are going to smoke in public to buy better weed. Mm-hmm. I just please stop smoking skunk weed in public. <laughs> like, come right. on, it's legal. It's not that expensive to get halfway. <laughs> please, please smoke mid is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I need you to just. I'm not I'm not asking you to go all out and buy like the highest quality sticky icky shit that you could find. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking can you not fumigate the rest of us with your like terrible at, terrible cheap weed? Like at least ask your plug for the mids. Just like right. that is that is the least you could do for everyone around you trying to secondhand. So <laughs> you can pay a little extra. It's worth it. Right. It's trust me, it's not that much of a price difference. We will all be thankful. Or you can just walk in and uh walk walk into the shop and say, you know, yeah, what do you got? And then I'll say, I got this for ten bucks and there you go. <laughs> okay. You don't have to think too much. Oh that was easy. So your your comment about it smelling like a frat house reminded me. Who else saw that video of the the Brewers fan? in the concourse, like, urinating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did not. Yeah. It's, it, it's um, gross. It's gross. The stadium has restrooms? Yes. <laughs> I've been there. I remember, I remember not having to pee in a concourse. But Wisconsin, yeah, I love it, but they're known for their, their alcoholism. And I think this guy just had one too many and peed on the concourse. I know Colleen experienced an incredibly drunk person asking her in line if they sold peanuts. And she was like, I am wearing a match shirt. I do not work here. Um, And he was very, (laughs) very, very far gone. Uh, This was an afternoon game. Yeah. Yep. It was a 110 central time game. Was yeah, there a lot I, of tailgating beforehand, or? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the lots. Were, oh, it was their home opener, right? Yeah, it was the home opener, so you know, okay. you, you expect it, but a uh, lot of lot of drunks there already. Wisconsin's honestly just a, a different breed when it comes to drinking, and I, I used to live there. I, I used to live there, uh, but the thing is, though, you just get so desensitized to drinking culture, where, uh, yeah, folks will. will 
we'll just crack something open like right at eight in the morning because that's when a lot of the liquor stores open. Uh, so the other uh, part I want to mention is that uh, it's going to be very hard for Wisconsin to legalize weed, uh, just mainly because uh, the Tavern League of Wisconsin has such a very strong lobby. So politically, that is likely to not happen, uh, which Interesting. really sucks. Which uh, I, I, I believe it's a public health issue, honestly, just because uh, in, in my very medical professional opinion, I feel as if weed is safer than alcohol. Um, and I mean, I'm speaking, I, I'm speaking as someone who partakes in both quite frequently. Uh, but when it comes to anything, um, I, I would definitely rather uh, have people, you know, smoke up at games, honestly, than just drink themselves stupid. But that's just me. That's just me. I think uh, I think four out of four Will It's Pen uh, Will It's Pod hosts uh, agree. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I if nothing else, deal with someone smoking. Yeah, <laughs> and on a personal level, the older I get, the less I want to be hungover, and weed does not make me hungover. I can't even like drink anymore. I can't drink beer. Um, like I'll go to a bar and order two amaretto sours, like the very old lady that I am, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm good. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Never, never done amaretto sour. That's uh, I like the toasted almond. That that was always my preferred amaretto drink as an old lady. Yeah, that's about all I drink. That's pretty rare. I will be enjoying a beer at the ballpark. Um, yeah, I've had a physical, and my doctor asked, you know, how much do you drink? I was like, you know, hardly at all, but um, I'm good for one when I go to the baseball game. So I guess that now that I'm going to be going to more baseball games, I'm about to start drinking heavily by my standards of <laughs> beer a week, maybe two. Right. Um, it's such a weird thing because, like, yeah, in my 20s, um, I would – get out of work and go to the bar. Yeah. Um, enough so that they stocked a bar, a, a beer at my neighborhood bar uh, because I ordered it. And that might've been a sign that, <laughs> no, that was a sign that I was just a regular there. Um, <laughs> they had Kilmes from Argentina for the world cup in 2010. And uh, I kept drinking it cause I really liked that beer. Um, and they kept uh, stocking it basically for me. The, the bartender told me what time she says, you're the only one who really, really orders this. So uh, to go from that all in a span of merely a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> decade and a half. Like that's a, that's a, like stuff that is like, I said before about like the Mets in 98 and like, Ray Ordonez having the winning hit in the last time the Mets won a game in Milwaukee. It does not feel like that long since we were watching Ray Ordonez play. And I don't know if that's because of like once players like appeared in the age of HDTV, like it all (laughs) kind of does run together. Like there's kind of like, there's the black and white era. There's the, uh, you know, there's the color TV, like 80s and 90s era, but then there's, you know, you get into the HDTV era and it's been sort of ever since. I don't know. It's a theory. Yeah, I do think that's an interesting point because I do think it sort of changes the way it, like, is captured in your head, right? That, like, 
things things from the 90s or earlier just look a different way when you think about it than stuff more recently than that. Um, I also just think that time moves differently once you hit your like 30s-ish. And uh, now I'm constantly still looking at things like, what do you mean? He's like a veteran journeyman, whatever. I'm like, I remember when he was a prospect. Oh, no, because it's been 10, 15 years. Never mind. (laughs) That goes by so quickly, too, where uh, I I think I saw a tweet where uh, I think I think it was Anthony Volpe was uh, saying who his favorite player was, uh-huh. and I, I can't remember who he said, but it was someone fairly recent. And yeah. uh, the, the tweeter was like, "Oh, you, you, you need to say someone like like Ken Griffey Jr. or something." Stop <laughs> making me feel old. It's, it was just <laughs> no. A- Anthony Volpe was a, a a bit of a come to Jesus moment for me because I realized that he, he is young. I am old enough. He is young enough that I could be his mother and it wouldn't even have been like super scandalous. Like I would have been in college and not like, you know, Oh God, 15 and pregnant or whatever. It's, I don't know how I feel about that. See the other night we were talking about really just hot baseball players in general. And then it kind of came to the conclusion that like, we're sitting at a table of everyone that is, I think at least 35, anywhere from like 35 to 45 and we're sitting at this table and we realized how gross it is that we were talking about like younger players. I know. Under 30 players. We're like, oh, this is icky. Like he's still an infant in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, I need to know. Yeah, I need I need to know what the official ruling is on like, because you know how like when you're when a grandma is like, oh, you're so handsome to like a 20 or 25 year old. It's like cute. How old do I have to be to get to that point? When is it cute? Like, I just, I need a timeline here. (laughs) What comes to my mind is um, John Arbuckle's grandmother having a throw pillow stuffed with John Travolta's chest hair because uh, she found him to be so incredibly attractive. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think hot goes out of style. Like, you can acknowledge that, like, I think that there's, there might be an age when it comes... Ooh, if I was 20 years younger, the time I would have, but it like, yeah, that's creepy. I think I was feeling with like certain players the other day when we had a discussion. It's like, man, if I I don't know, 15 years younger. Right. I think if if it's especially like players, because I actually was posting about players that I personally find attractive. I posted it on my circle because I, I don't like being horny on Maine, but I, I will be horny on this podcast though. Uh, so That's why we're here. <laughs> so, so, so so I basically was uh, thinking about all the players uh, that I'm attracted to. I said that Jack Flaherty was my number one. Uh, I, I, I said that he specifically hmm. just drives me up the wall. That that that, that strong pick, strong pick. Absolutely. I, I also mentioned uh, Glass now, Sandy Alcantara, also like just very gorgeous. Uh, oh, yeah. And and I guess I'm just speaking from a place of aesthetics, not that I'm just like, oh yes, I'm in this uh, cougar here to absolutely <laughs> just prey on all of these younger men. Right. Um, that clarity, I think, is like 26, 27. So I mean, yeah. And I, I, I I'm pretty sure that. I'm not saying that this is necessarily uh, warranted, but I'm sure he knows that, you know, women are probably going to, you know, find him attractive. I'm I'm sure that's like the last thing he thinks about. Like, 
I'm, right. I'm sure he's he's actually more concerned with throwing base, th- throwing the ball good <laughs> rather than whether right. somebody in Chicago is. He might care very deeply about people thinking he's hot, and uh, you know if that's a priority for him. Um, <laughs> I think maybe Jack I think we can determine this by by inspecting the locker and you know, <laughs> seeing what kind of products. I mean, this is a great St. Louis Cardinals tradition. You learn a lot about the Cardinals by finding out what. <laughs> They are what personal care products are in their locker, whether it's Andrastein Dion or um, <laughs> LA looks. Or or even just yeah, like like head and shoulders two in one or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think what plus was, this uh, guy doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was Tyler Glass now who said that the hair products he uses are just basically uh yeah just the the, the regular two in one body wash or three in one body wash he doesn't condition his hair he just washes it and that is I, I, I just, unfair but that really is just mainly because his hair is absolutely gorgeous so like, come on the amount of money i spend on hair products and this man is out here with a three in one looking like that i am offended do you think he I mean it comes to a point do you think he's using the kids 3 in 1 like the the one that my kids <laughs> use that like watermelon wonder <laughs> out of the big pump the uh part, no, the L'Oreal like the fish that say oh, no yeah, tears the cute bottles yeah but it's I, actually I like no those. hair tears not like crying tears oh yeah cuz then like you would just like pour it in your eyes uh, I, I don't know. Um, every time I would get something in my eyes, uh, my mom would actually like mix up the, the, the baby shampoo and put them in my like, or at least wash my eyes out. Oh, my and God. It, it, it wasn't until I was older where <laughs> Crystal, like, like, like what you said, it was actually true. Like it meant that your hair like would not tear. Not you're not like crying. Um, How so are you not yeah. blind. Well, I mean, I mean, I am blind. Uh, so maybe that explains it. Maybe, that <laughs> maybe explains- that's why. I, I, I am wearing very strong contacts right now, folks. Um, <laughs> Jesse, just, you look like, like shocked that you don't have like permanent retina damage or something. I, but that feels like one of those like shampoo like contact lens solution. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I can see, but that's definitely very subjective. So. <laughs> Like I'm just I'm picturing like the science class where they've got the eye wash station set up, but instead of, there's a bottle of fucking Johnson and Johnson shampoo. <laughs> oh, you got some bleach in your eye? Go over here and get the shampoo. <laughs> it feels spiritually very similar to the um, the. It's, I, it's one of those mom things, like putting the Vicks paper rub on your feet when you're ha- when you have a cold. Wait, but no, that legit oh, yeah. works. It does work. See, that's the thing. I I will die on this hill. I'm not. I'm not giving that up. But I do know that it's also I, like somewhat ridiculous. I just want to know, Janice. What is your pain threshold? To be like, <laughs> uh, it, it's. It, I mean, shampoo that- goes out of the eye. That's the whole <laughs> thing. You're trying to get the shampoo away from there. That honestly uh, explains a lot. Uh, regarding the the pain threshold, uh, so yeah, that's. Oh, oh word! 
I've been with I've been friends with Janice for quite some time now, and I'm stunned to learn this. <laughs> this like I feel like you're Iron Man or something. Like <laughs> Crystal, to be fair, it's not necessarily like something I bring up all the time with my friends. It's just like, hey, did you know that when I was a kid, my mom washed my eyes out with Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo? <laughs> Doesn't like come up in casual conversation very often. I feel like there's like a lot of trauma bonding in our group chats, but yeah, I guess that's fair. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, well now you know. Now you know. There we go. We we are the four of us are just really codependent on each other in that group chat. <laughs> it it is it is very. I, I I love it. I absolutely love our codependency. I suppose. Uh, I personally think that codependency is all in the eye of the beholder. And if it works for you, yeah, go well, right not ahead. All not all codependency is bad. There, there, there right. are definitely some good forms of codependency, for sure. Also, right. all four of us do see a therapist. So, <laughs> so there you go. Not the it's same healthy. one. We, no. we all have we all have different therapists. Yes. Hey, hang on. I, I, I'll I'll be right back. Jesse's very stressed. <laughs> I, I, I have single-handedly broken Jesse with, with, with this fact. Uh, is, is, is this a first on the Willits podcast here where Jesse was just so incredibly stressed out that he had to take a moment away? I'm, well, I've returned from, from the bathroom. Ah, uh, no, Jesse. Jesse flashbacks from the war. <laughs> Johnson's baby shampoo, and it says... As gentle to the eyes as pure water. And I I don't understand how that's possible. It's it's water plus other things. But also you have to go back. This was the eighties. <laughs> right. I have to assume that the chemicals we were subjected to as children are not as uh yeah. gentle as they are today. This stuff this stuff does still smell fantastic though. Um <laughs> Not, not like trauma. Uh, it smells comfortable <laughs> to me. Um, I'm sorry for. Are you? Just, I, I am sorry for for dragging this on. I I just. Jesse's gonna cry. I've had this stuff in my eyes, and I I feel like. For one thing, this bottle is lying. It is not as gentle to the eyes as pure water. That could not possibly be. And I, I get it. I get, I, I, I don't, I. (laughs) Unbelievable. What is it? Just just voice out your feelings right here. Sodium benzoate. No, that's potassium benzoate. That's the, the, that's bad. A lot of things in this shampoo. It does smell del- delightful, though. It just, it smells. Johnson & Johnson, you're a terribly evil company that gave, gave Janice a, a, a lasting uh, memory to unearth on this show. Uh, but it, it does. I'm, I'm holding it up to the screen as if to let you smell it. Um I don't really know how this got in my house either. This tiny bottle of of Johnson's shampoo. 
your kids are older than babies. Right, they're 10 and 8. Yeah, uh, they are 10 and 8, but um, this must, like, it's a travel, like, I guess they're, I guess... <laughs> some kind of travel package or something. I, I don't know, but I have this tiny bottle of, of no more tears. And why, if it's about tears in the hair, why is it a tear? Like tear shapes are very prominent here. See, all I over, always, including in the no more tears label. I always thought that the um, no more tears was about the like detangling capability. Okay. Because as someone who had many arguments with my mother as a small child, because I was very tender headed and had very, I have very soft, fine hair that likes to get tangled and knotted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many tears shed in that particular (laughs) scenario. Yeah. When they're claiming that this is as they're lying about like, this is like the jets will be good. That's it's the biggest lie that Johnson and Johnson has told since. Well, there goes our job. Gentle to the eyes is pure water. We have all cried real tears as a result of this shit. (laughs) Still smells so good, though. It does smell good. It really does. Uh, Well, Keith Olbermann, uh, we we hope that uh, you've listened to us um, trashing you and that uh, you retweet the show of us trashing you because you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I really don't think that that's going to be the case. Um, but you know, he can also be on the list of Jerry Seinfeld. So that's uh, we're we're just adding. We're gonna at the end of the season. What we're gonna do? Um, we're gonna line up a bunch of white men who are ten to fifteen years older than me, um, and one by one, we're just gonna each one of us will just get to knock them off into Flushing Bay, just one at a time. <laughs> Um, so they can all go for a nice end of the season swim together. So Jerry Seinfeld, Keith Olbermann, uh, you're both on notice. Uh, get your swimmies. <laughs> and uh, I, I, Yeah. Johnson and Johnson. Like flesh eating bacteria maybe in there, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Almost certainly. Yeah. Um, it's probably the third most polluted waterway in the New York city area. It's great news. For well, them. not in the area, in the city itself. Well, in the, state. In the greater look Queens, Brooklyn area. I think the Bronx might have some more polluted rivers. Really um, in all of New York. Yeah. So, uh, we will, we will continue to find terrible people to, uh, you know, we don't even have to push them into flushing bay. We can just give them the shampoo and be like, yeah, this is really good for um, if you have sensitive hair and eyes. You can just, you can, if you, have you ever wanted to wash your hair with your eyes open? Johnson's no more tears. It actually as gentle on better. the eyes as pure water. It works better than contact solution. You should try it out. You should try it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, Janice from the internet thank you so much for being part of this as always Crystal from the internet thank you so much for being part of this as always Britt from the internet thank you so much for being part of this as always <laughs> saying things in that order it sounds ridiculous but um, I'm out of Arizona iced tea well this isn't even iced tea this was mm. the kiwi strawberry 
I had Arizona iced tea too. Technically, that's true. Janice, are you you're done drinking as well? You drink oh, yeah, Spanish. This is my Trader Joe's uh, lemon ginger seltzer. Uh, I, oh, I'll be getting right. so yeah, in a little bit. We all need to go get uh, new things to sip to deal with our ADHD and the pitch <laughs> clock. Uh, we've taken too much of your time already. So um, that guy sucks, and he's not even worth our time to uh, spend flying into the river. I hope we never meet because uh, that'll be really awkward and not even like a confrontational meeting that I want to have because that guy's a schmuck. <laughs> uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Slander <laughs> Hour. 